Help, I got a Mac, episode number 26. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name's Cliff Ravenscraft. Uh, I'm Chris Biting. And you are listening to the only podcast devoted to underwater basket weaving with your Macintosh computer. Uh, you know, Macs don't work underwater real well. Oh, well, yeah. then maybe we should change the whole premise of the show. Yeah, I, I think we should get rid of the underwater basket weaving part. That'd All be right. awful. So if maybe you are somebody who's just purchased a Mac, how about we go with that, from that angle? Somebody who's just now getting a Mac. That might work. With Apple getting increased market share, the last quarter they released 2.8 million Macs. Vista sucking like the wind? Exactly. You know what? This might be a good time for a Mac Switcher podcast. I think we should just stick with Mac Switching uh, conversations. We've done 25 episodes of it, so we might as well just keep on going. I mean, why change? Exactly. So, so it's all good. Hey, welcome back, Chris. We were off for, gosh, how long have we been away? It seems like forever. <laughs> well, we, a week. We were, uh, what happened was, is like three weeks ago, you were off, so I did the show by myself, and then we came back together. And oh, then Voltron, we, yes. Exactly. Very good episode. And then we were, <laughs> and then we were both... Well, I, I had prior commitment, and so we, we took a break from the show last week, and, and now we're back energized and ready to go. So what are we going to name this episode? Because like, I, I typically look at your show notes. You have this really cool, fancy name for the show. I have nothing. Yeah, we well, may have to uh, think about that after the show. Okay. All right. We'll do that after the show. Okay. All right. So anyway, welcome, everybody, to episode 26, the unnamed show at this point in time. Uh, We are going to talk about a little bit of news that Chris has kind of drummed up through the, uh, I guess, the annals of time. Uh, Whatever that is. Oh, hey. (laughs) We dug it up on this thing called Internet. There we go. Internet. It's amazing. If you have this uh, thing called a web browser on your new Mac computer, it it really is awesome. This stuff you can find on the Internet. So, Chris, (laughs) what is new out there? Man, this is man. We should start this one over. No, it's not not, going to happen. Yeah, we'll we'll fix this all in post. Anyway, um, yeah, a couple new things. came out uh, the first one we want to talk about is the new imacs uh apple just released brand new uh, updates to the imac line uh the high-end one it's uh the 24 inch it's uh 2200 you know 2199 it's the ultimate version it comes with a 3.06 gigahertz uh intel core 2 duo processor okay two gigs of ram 500 gig hard drive you know 8x super drive but an nvidia geforce 8800 gs with 512 megs of ram with you know built-in memory so you know, for twenty two hundred bucks, if you've got the money, this is one heck of a machine, man. You know what? I would I would be willing to say, hands down, that this would be worth the price if they would just throw in one extra gig of RAM. That's fair enough. Yeah. Three gig. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, I, I I am slowly I'm slowly adjusting my expectations of price when it comes to new computing. Mm-hmm. When it comes to having good hardware and that works, you know, but even what I'm finding, even of course, you know, I, it, I may be completely wrong because I for myself, I am still in my first year as a Mac user. So I'll just uh, disclose that to anybody listening for the first time. I'm You're st- coming up on your anniversary, though, aren't you? Uh, June. Yeah. June's coming up okay. here soon. I'm almost one year into this. OK, but already within one year, I'm already behind one operating system. That's true. You know, I'm. When are you, you going to make the jump, man? I'm going to make the jump the first time that I have a critical mission or mission critical piece of software that says, "I'm sorry, but this version only works with Leopard or better." Don't don't uh, don't buy ScreenFlow then because it only works with Leopard. Yeah, but the good th- the good thing is is that I still have iShowU, which does work. So let's let's talk about those two pieces of software since we're in this conversation, and sure. and we don't want to leave anybody on the cold. ScreenFlow does what? Uh, it's a uh, screen capturing software. It also captures your uh, camera, so you can do you know kind of a cool picture in picture kind of thing. And what's really really neat about ScreenFlow, it's ninety nine dollars. It's kind of on the pricey end of of screen capturing software. And uh, I've had the pleasure of using this quite a bit um, in my professional life. 
And what's cool about it is you can record the video, the screen capture, and audio, you know, just as you do it, and then go back and and do all the cool special effects and stuff in post. Like you can do callouts where you minimize, or um, you you can actually like let's say you have Safari open, you can highlight Safari and make the whole background, the rest of of the screen go dark, and just make Safari, you know, be the normal normal brightness and then you can actually zoom in on your mouse clicks and things like that it's really really awesome this program so you can do uh, that in post-production you're saying you do it in post yeah oh so see I, i'm sitting there thinking how in the world do these people get in there and they're doing this on the fly it's like man that, but but you're telling me that's in post that that's interesting it's in post that you can also make your mouse pointer bigger smaller or make it just disappear completely too in post in post. I like and, that. And for those who aren't in the video and stuff like that, post just means after you're done recording everything, then you can do all these cool special effects and stuff, so you don't have to do them while you're doing it. Sure. Now, for those of you who are new Mac switchers, this this podcast necessarily, I mean, it can be for the new computer user. I mean, so you might maybe the Mac is the first computer you've ever had, and it happens to be something that you just recently got. So that, I mean, that's possible. But we're not the the premise here is is typically people who are used to using PCs moving over to the Mac. That that's really the whole idea of who we have in mind when we're talking here. Uh, however, here's the situation. So, what is the software good for? It's it's good for making like training videos. Maybe mm-hmm. you you work in a training department in your in your office or your business or corporation. Uh, perhaps you want to do some kind of just uh, collaborative, helping the community learn how to use a piece of uh, web technology or how to use Twitter, because we're going to talk about Twitter in just a minute. Or uh, perhaps you want to grab something off Hulu and save it for your downloads. Hmm. Mm, hmm. Thought about that, have you? No, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> anyway, so so there there are a lot of things that you might want to capture what's going on on your screen so you can show other people, and so um, so ScreenFlow is one of those opportunities, and and I really do want to get ScreenFlow. The only thing is, of course, I'm using Tiger. So getting back, and, and of course, I show you, which is the letter I, and then S H O W, and then the letter U. Uh, if you do a Google search, it'll pull right up. Anyway, um, it's a it's a similar technology, only it is it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that that he's talking about it being able to like zoom into certain features and stuff like that. It it it, it looks pretty cool what, from what I've seen. ScreenFlow is like a next step up, but you know, I show you works really well as well. I've done some screencast tutorials on Facebook 101 and stuff like that that you can see at gspn.tv if you want to see what I show you can do. And it's really uh, inexpensive, isn't it? It's like a twenty dollars program or something. It's like twenty bucks, yeah. And you can't beat it for that price. There, there's no question about that. So, um, getting back to this whole thing about computer costs, though, uh, we, this all started because of the fact that I said I'm not even a year into my Mac, and I've I'm already one operating system behind the curve. And since I've had this, they've already introduced a, a whole new line of MacBooks. And what's weird is just bef- just as I got mine, they had just come out with my model. So they've already got a new model that's different than mine that you know is the same price. So w- I guess what's what I'm saying here is that even with Max, it seems that probably after three, maybe four or five years, your computer's kind of outdated. It is, but the the thing with OS ten that people have to realize and. And being a longtime Mac user, uh, a lot of the new people aren't used to this, but Apple was notoriously slow for updating their systems. This is back when they used to use the G4 and the G3 processor. And one of the nice things that, that has come out of this Intel switch is that we are seeing updates to you know the whole line a lot faster than we ever did when IBM and Motorola were making the chips. Okay. Now, with that, with that being said... Uh, OS X is really, really good at kind of supporting devices for the long haul. Uh, you can still put Tiger, you know, uh, on a G4 that's I think, you know, 800 megahertz or so. Okay, I mean, it's not going to run awesome. Let's be honest, but I think a you know a machine like that's still going to run. I, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I've got the uh, the first generation MacBook, uh, right. the white one that came out, the two gigahertz Intel Core Duo, not Core Two Duo. And I know that you know it probably until that laptop decides to stop working, OS ten is going to run on it. Okay, 
you know, I, like, I, like generally about like, five years. You know, the 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 last systems that supported, um, you know, ten five were built mm, maybe around two thousand one, two thousand two. Okay, maybe two thousand three. You know, the 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 mirror drive door was the one, or the speed hole Mac, as I used to call it, because it has four holes in the front of it. Uh, those are the ones that are supported. So I guess the okay, I can understand sp- spending twenty two hundred dollars on a computer that's going to last four to five years, F- if if it has the it has the power to do some more intensive kind of stuff. And I think I it, again I think the only thing that's missing there is maybe that extra gig of RAM. I mean it, I mean you're talking you know higher end you know everything else is bumped up quite a bit but that extra gig of ram we're getting to the point especially you know in that price range with that video card you're looking at you know hey i want to do some video editing i want to get a little bit more serious about video editing and i think that that you know obviously you can upgrade and somebody might argue well okay not everybody needs that third gig why, right. why? But I think for the price point, I mean, at, yeah. If you if you go to something like Mac Sales or something, you can get four gigs for I think a hundred bucks. So, you know, I if it was me, I'd probably get the two gigs of RAM and live with it for a little bit, and then you know a month or two down the line, probably just bump it up to four gig and just call it a day. Now, did now you said they upgraded their iMacs, and we're talking about the twenty four inch, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they 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 put faster processors in the whole line. And I think they also bumped up the video card across the board, too. Okay. So, really, I mean, if you want to run Windows on this machine, this machine can play in boot camp, uh, which is the way to to, to boot natively in the Windows. So, you get the full power of the video card, the processor, and all that. You can run pretty much every game that's out there right now, including, you know, the hot ones like Crisis and, you know, stuff that really, really attacks the system. These are going to run just fine on these Macs. You think so? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. See, now that is good to hear. See, that that is where for $2,200, you've got me out the door. Yeah, and, and the displays are beautiful. They're huge. And it's just a really, really nice system. I, I wish, and I've said, I've said this before, that um, you know, if I could make the decision all over again to get a laptop or get a desktop, you know, part of me would rather get a desktop. Right. Just because you know, for the price you pay versus the power you get, you know, you really can't beat a desktop. Oh yeah, I I would totally agree. And and you and I did a whole episode talking about that, or at least that's that's what I titled the episode. The, the title was "We Wish We Would Have Got a Desktop" <laughs> or iMac or something. So and now uh, a couple other things that came out today. Um, if if I can if I can talk about them real quick. Absolutely, go ahead. Sure. Um. Oh wait, can, before we go on, it looks like Dozer or Colin in her chat room wants to say something. So sure. let's see what Colin has to say. Colin, you're on the line. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, as far as that show with the help, I got a. Or I want a desktop. Um, I actually bought the desktop first and found myself wanting the laptop. Ah, so uh, the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. So now I actually have both. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I actually got the new Penryn um, MacBook. Oh, okay, cool. MacBook. Um, and as well as I have the 2.8 Extreme, iMac Extreme, which now is not the Extreme anymore. It's just the <laughs> 2.8. Um, so it's a little obsolete. So, Colin, do you use the two different the two different systems completely differently? Yes. To, explain to uh, me what you do. What, what do you find doing on the desktop that you don't typically do on the laptop and vice versa? That's a good question. I do pretty much every... My laptop's actually getting a little neglected. Um, I, I use it, my laptop, specifically for portability. Um, I have, because this 13-inch screen, um, it's, while it's nice to be able to carry around, I have an external monitor hooked up to my iMac. It gives me an extra 22 inches. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm doing everything at once and, and multitasking. Um, and on my laptop, I'm just I'm typing papers, uh, surfing the internet. Uh, I have to really restrict what I'm doing. Let, so, and and I, and I don't mean to blaspheme anybody here, but what you're saying to me is exactly what I I think we were saying. Help! I what'd you call it? Help! I want help! I wish I had a desktop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, what you're saying to me, and this is exactly what I was the the point I was making. I would so much rather have a 24-inch iMac and a $450 Windows laptop. 
yeah, I've always been a desktop person, and I, I mean, I went with the black MacBook just because I wanted to play pay the black tax. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I could have gotten by with the cheapest bottom of the line MacBook. Yeah, and, um, and, and here's the thing, you know, I've got. Um, one of the fully loaded MacBook Pros, uh, you know, and and you know the the cost is what twenty five hundred dollars, twenty four hundred dollars. If if I if if I would have paid for this myself, I would have much rather taken that money and get you know this twenty four inch iMac that's cheaper than the fully loaded uh, MacBook Pro, you know, and pocket the extra you know two or three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that that's that's the thing, and and so so what I was saying though is is that. You know, for the portability, you can use any kind of computer for portability. Yeah, now, now, exactly. There is something to be said about sitting on the couch or sitting, you know, in a recliner, TV's on, you're surfing the web, you're kind of doing, you know, you hear something on TV, you hurry up and cross-reference it on, on, on your computer. That, there's something to be said about that. But with that being said, too, there's no reason why you couldn't do that on a $400, you know, EPC. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I, I think, and, and again, and, and for anybody out there, because there are a lot of people who are listening to this who are on the fence of getting that very first Mac top, Macintosh computer, Mac computer. And, and I, would, I will say hands down, if I had to do it over again and I was saving up the money and I was going to fork out the, the premium for the quality software-hardware combination, to that, which is, quote-unquote, the Mac purchase experience, I would say that in the future, uh, or even if I were to go back, I would have bought the iMac. And then, as far as for portability, I would have got myself a cheaper system. Yeah, now for work, though... I love my MacBook Pro. You know, the fact that I could, if I have to do video editing or if I have to convert video or something, this thing does have enough power that I can do it just as fast as the iMac because what people may not realize or may not even think about is that the MacBook and the MacBook Pro and the iMac all use the same processor. It's the same chip that's in there. Uh, You know, only when you get to the Mac Pro do you get to the big iron, you know, the the, the Xeon-based processors and stuff. So really... You know, bit for bit, it's it's the same chip, but there's just a different experience when you're on that giant screen. You got the mouse, the full size keyboard. Yep. And the, you know, the you second also, cinema display. Exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah. So I just want to tell everybody the new Max, the new IMAX came out. They're sweet, and uh, if I won a lottery, I'd, I would buy one of them. So very cool. And if <laughs> you buy, if you win the lottery, you'll buy me one of those too, right? Exactly. Cool. Uh, another thing that came out today, uh, as people know, Cliff and I. Love, 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 love Twitter. Yes, we do love Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash gspn. I'm twitter.com slash biting. And which is B E I T I N G, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. For, and man, I'm getting a lot of ads recently. For not ads, but like advertisements, but ads like new people following me. Yeah. But for those of you who use an iPhone and they want to, you know, send out tweets on the go there's a, a really nice option if you don't want to hack your phone but i'm also going to give you a hacked phone one too but the first one is a website called hollow i don't know how to pronounce it halo hollow I, I would call it hollow hollow it's h-a-h-l-o.com uh they, they've been out for a while but they just released their new version version three it just came out of beta and i'll tell you what cliff it is awesome and i'll i'll, and I'll tell you why tell me why because i'm looking for something else to use what is the number one thing you wish you could do in Twitter on a, on a third-party application or website? And I've heard you say it before. Oh, okay. Well, there are a couple of things that I wish I could do. Uh, number, you, number one, I want to be able to delete, de- delete direct messages. You can do it in, in this new version of, of Hollow. Really? Yes. Can you do multiple accounts? I don't know. <laughs> but you can't you, you know this, this is a what's nice about this it's a website so it's going to evolve and stuff like that sure. so this is a really really good application if uh you know if you if you want to do this without jailbreaking your phone now with that being said there is a program that i'm using because i did jailbreak my phone again using a program called iLiberty, which is awesome it's if you want to hack your phone that's the one to download because it's just click a button you're done um, Wait a second. What'd you just say? Because uh, it, it went right <laughs> by me. Okay. Say this again really slowly so I can hear it. Sure. On your iPhone, if you want to jailbreak it, which means you can run actual native applications on it. Okay. 
I use a program called iLiberty. iLiberty. I'm, hold on. I'm writing this down. Okay. Because I am so close to wanting to try this out. So iLiberty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, go just, ahead. Just do, a, just do a Google search for that. Yep. And and just download it, and it's awesome. Okay. So and what's what's real nice about this is is if you do decide that you don't want to jailbreak it anymore, you want to go back to the way it was before. Uh huh. All you have to do is just restore the phone, and you're okay. Oh, so simply restore. Now, when you rest- when you restore, you're not going to lose any of your data, your any contacts or calendars or anything like that. Well, you will, but all that stuff is automatically backed up in iTunes. Okay, okay. So yeah, so there's really no there's really no risk in doing it. The only thing that that is kind of a bummer is you have to resync all your uh, all your music and whatever you've added on there. Sure, you know, I, I, well, yeah. I, fill, I fill mine up, so it, it does take you know five ten minutes to fill back up. But this program I want to talk about is is uh, a native Twitter application called Twinkle. Okay, funny application name I know. What is sweet about this though, Cliff, is it does location based tweets. Yeah, I've heard a lot about this. What I mean, what's the big deal? Well, what's neat about it is is you can find out and everybody who's around you within a certain mile radius who's using this application, okay, or who's using Twitter, and you can also uh, it also supports that uh, tweet pick or whatever that so you can put tweet pictures and yeah, so you can put pictures and stuff in there. It's just a really really nice application, and it's kind of fun to see who's within like a twenty five mile radius who's one has a jailbroken iPhone and two who's using this application and three who's t- twittering near you. Okay, so here's here's two questions for you. Because sure. here, here are two reasons why I would jailbreak my phone in a heartbeat. Okay. Number one, does it have copy and paste abilities? Not yet. Uh, see, that's that's one I would love to do. And what mm-hmm. was the other yeah. one I was going to say? I don't know. Oh, I, can't I use it's. I, I've also downloaded a sweet internet or a sweet uh, IM client for it called Apollo, and it works great with AIM. Or I'm sorry, with uh, Edge. Yeah, it does actually. It works just fine with Edge. And it stays kind of logged in all day does. long in the background. It can, yeah. And what's cool is if you have a new message, you look down on your Apollo icon, and it's got little like one, two, threes, and fours, depending on how many messages are sitting there. Really? And now the thing is, you know, it's constantly talking to the network, so it is going to eat a little bit of battery time. But I, I've used it. You know, um, Colin said uh, Apollo crashes a lot. Yeah, obviously, this is you know unsupported applications that people have been like super smart and been able to hack and get working. So I gotcha. think once we once we once that native th- this is holding me off for another month because you know the the new version of the software is not going to come out until like the end of June. See, I'm because af- that's just how Apple does it. See, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to go and and unlock my iPhone and then all of well, a sudden there's, there's, uh, there's unlock and jailbreaking. Jail, the nice thing I'm about sorry, jailbreak- I mean jailbreak. That's what I do mean. Okay. Because the nice thing about jailbreak is it's completely reversible. Yeah, you know, and the the only thing I would I would caution is when you do install applications, some of the settings like I jailbroke my phone, had Twinkle installed, had Apollo installed, and then went back to one point one point four. Then I decided, you know what the heck, I'm I'm going to hack it again. When I went back, my settings were still in there. So so little bits and pieces of these applications like preferences, you know, just like plist files. Do stay on the phone even though when you restore it. Oh. Um, there is a way to kind of get those off. You have to kind of FTP into the phone, and, and I can do it. So it's one of those things that Cliff, if you really want to do it, I can I can help you undo it. So gotcha. Well, we'll see. I, the, the, what I was gonna say though is is I, the only thing that scares me about getting into the ha- you know the hacked iPhone kind of thing is that I'm gonna find that I like find two or three applications I love the way they're doing you know that, that they did it and how they work, but then I will also find stuff that I really like on the the legitimate you know jail yeah. you know the iPhone sites, and then I will like oh, it's like oh man I really want the real thing, but I don't want to lose this, and I'll be it's like. I think what's going to happen is once once the 2.0 software comes out and they figure out a way to hack that, then you'll have the best of both worlds, man. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just some new things I want to talk about real quick. And uh, I think, uh, what do you want to get to now? Well, I'll tell you what. First thing I want to find out, I, I, I see some friends in here. I, I noticed that we have Rosary Army and then I have SQPN dialed in. Uh, they're not requesting to talk, but I just want to see if, if that's Greg or if it's uh, Father Roderick or... Who's on the line from SQB, SQPN? That's both, both Greg. <laughs> this whole talk shoot thing, it's all so nebulous, and I had to log in as one person and call in as another. So Hey, that's no problem, Greg. Did you have any questions? Because I, I, I saw that you weren't, the SQPN phone wasn't ch- chimed in, so I knew you couldn't request the talk. Did you have any questions or comments? 
Well, you were talking a few minutes ago about if you had it all over to do over again, whether or not you would uh, go with the iMac or the MacBook Pro first. And, and I'm fortunate enough to have one of both now. And I love the iMac, but the only thing that I'm finding the iMac is really good for, for me for is for video stuff. And I'm still doing 75% of my stuff on the MacBook Pro. Oh, okay. Um, most of my graphics, you know, I, I, I use Photoshop out the wazoo on the thing. And just everything else is just centered on that, um, on the MacBook Pro. And the idea of having, I still have my PC because we use Cast Blaster to record. Sure. Uh, because there's just not a good Mac equivalent um, that I like. I don't like Ubercaster at all. Um, but if I could do away with the PC, if there was a if there was a, a Macintosh version of Cast Blaster, I probably would even use that on on my MacBook uh, MacBook Pro. It's just it, it's been one of the greatest uh, computers I've ever had. So and, and it's, it's probably kind of interesting that you. I, I'm saying these things. From the perspective of someone who, when I got my Mac, I swore I would never become one of those Mac people. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's become such an incredible tool for me. I'm I'm able to do so much on it, and I can, you know, I, I work from home just like you do. I have to get out of the house every once in a while. I could still do all my work MacBook Pro as long as I'm not doing video editing. But even last year, this was my video editing box as well. Um, I did I did the entire uh, first season of that Catholic show on my MacBook Pro. Right, but you. And, pr- the, the question I have for you is you prefer doing video on the desktop though, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, I got it for I got the desktop so I could do uh, video on it for a few reasons. With the MacBook Pro, I did always have to have an external drive hooked up uh, to be able to, to capture all of my video and, and to do all my rendering. The iMac um, I went ahead and got one with a built-in uh, terabyte hard drive, and so I got I got the terabyte and then four gigs. So it's it's a pretty powerful machine for the video, and so now I can kind of work on the video without really have to concern myself like I did with the with you know my external drives or whatever. Or of am I going to run out of space? Or uh, you know I'm working on this video project. I have everything hooked up, but I'd really like to go sit on the couch and answer email while I'm watching TV. Sure. Um, I, I don't have to worry about unhooking all my hard drives and closing my programs and everything. Now I can just leave my video uh, you know, project where it's at on the iMac and leave it alone. I, and I, got, I got the iMac solely for the video stuff because we're doing so much more of that now. That um, I'm it's faster. I'm able to knock out stuff uh, a lot quicker. And I wouldn't trade it for the world in that respect, but for all the other work. I, I almost can't. It's kind of funny. I, I, I sometimes forget that I can do the same stuff on my iMac that I'm doing on my MacBook Pro. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I mean, there's no question that that they're both usable for much of the same thing. And for me, and, and I guess I'll clarify for those that have heard my statements over and over again, is that for me, the only thing I find myself really quote unquote needing a Mac for um, is video stuff. And and so that that's exactly my point is is that, you know, for the portability for the I mean, now you you did mention a good thing. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Photoshop. I mean, that there's I, I would assume that Photoshop's available on both PC and Mac. Am I correct? Yeah. And, and I had it on my PC before, but it, it was so, so frustrating because, again, most of the you know web work I was doing, most of the other stuff I was doing was now on the Mac. But then every time I needed a graphic, I had to go over and do it on my PC right. and copy it over. So for me, it, it, it just made sense to finally get um, to get to get the Photoshop on on the Mac. Now, fortunately, we're a five hundred one C three, so I was able to get um, uh, the entire suite for for really cheap. I gotcha. mean, we got I mean, we got the whole the whole shebang. Uh, we were I was very fortunate. We got Dreamweaver and. We have a bunch of programs I haven't even opened yet. After Effects and and you know all the stuff. What's the other one? Um, what's the other? What's the video editing program that uh, Adobe has? Final Cut Studio. The no, no, no. That's that's Mac, and that, that's what I normally use. That's why I don't oh. remember the name. Oh, uh, Premiere Pro. That's Premiere why I, Pro. I, yeah, um, but I have all that if I ever need it. Um, it's there. But I, I bought it just for Photoshop, for InDesign, and uh, for Dreamweaver. And I got, it's almost like they threw all the other stuff in. So anyway, I have all that loaded up on my MacBook Pro. 
and because of the license, I can have it on, on my iMac as well. And but I have, if I do need it on either one, I I, I got it. So very cool. It, the MacBook Pro though, it's it's been a um, it's been a phenomenal machine for me. I'm I'm amazed at at how hard I've used it. Um, I've only had to kind of reset everything and re you know reinstall the OS uh, once, and that's because I kind of had a I, I didn't clear it out before I installed Leopard, and uh, it acted really flaky for a few months before I finally just cleared it out. Um, but it's been it's been a pretty flawless machine considering how hard. I mean, I've I've pounded this computer harder than I've ever pounded any computer in my life. Absolutely. Very cool. Thank you for giving us that feedback. And I wonder if, if my own position on on this whole topic of, of you know, wishing I had a desktop and, and, a, and a cheap PC, I wonder if I had a MacBook Pro versus having just my simple MacBook, um, you know, if, if maybe my tune would change just a little bit. You know, uh, the, the MacBook Pro is, is a desktop replacement. You know, because I'm sitting here with mine, but uh, you know, Greg brings up a, a really good point: is you know, hard drive speed and hard drive size are two huge yes. limiting factors on a laptop. You can't get a one terabyte drive on a laptop; it, it just doesn't happen. Right. And you can't get a ten thousand, you know, RPM drive on a laptop it just doesn't happen because you know batteries and and you know if you get one of those drives it's going to suck the battery life really really fast so you know if you want big storage if you want big storage without having anything extra hooked up to it a desktop's the way to go man big time that you know i i one thing that is kind of frustrating for me is that i am now i'm down to 6.5 gigs free on my macbook and it's all in that video. It, it really is. I, I, I mean, and I don't do a lot of video, but boy, the little bit of video I do, it just, I mean, it, it's like a sponge. You know, I bought a 250 gig uh, laptop hard drive for my MacBook. Okay. And man, it's been, it's been great. You know, I'm, I'm actually enjoying the new iMovie, the iMovie 08, the one I hated forever. Yeah, once you once you kind of figure it out and you, you, you the scrubbing is very cool. I, I really like it, man. It's quick and dirty. I can I can pop out videos so fast. Yes, the only thing that I don't like. I mean, there are a couple things. Or actually, there's only one thing I don't like is that you know it's it seems very limited in the number of uh, transitions and titles and and effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems a little bit limited there. I wish, and tell me, maybe there, maybe some of this is available, but I wish they had like plugins or add-ons that you can maybe purchase a whole package of additional kind of transition effects. I don't think they've got anything for uh, I've, iMovie 8. I know they have tons of plugins for iMovie 06 and... You know, but that's also an old an older program. So. Yeah, and then on Windows Movie Maker, they had the ability to make it sepia or black and white, which I think I can make it black and white in here with no problem at all. But they also had like I could do a I could take it and say, hey, move this in slow motion or yeah. speed this up, and I don't see those kind of basic features in iMovie 08. Yeah, but, you know what though, I, I I would rather be punched in the face than use uh, Windows Movie Maker though. Well, you know, I mean, yes and no. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, obviously, video is much better on the Mac. I, I definitely enjoy well, the I, Mac. My, my problem is, is, first off, I hate Windows Media. Okay. I just think it's it's just an awful codec. I just think it looks really, really crappy. Oh, well, you, what you do is you export it out, and then you, use, you, you bring that file over onto your shared drive that's networked to your Mac, and you use Visual Hub and turn it into QuickTime. Yeah, but then you're... You know, it doesn't look as good. Well, we're talking <laughs> if, you can, if you can stay native uh, MPEG four, then you're you're fine all the way. Yes, I agree. That would be speaking awesome. of which, I, I I've got a new a, a new secret lust right now, and I okay. want to talk let's talk about it real quick. All right, a flip video camera. Really? Yeah, I saw. I haven't put my hands on one, but I've seen a lot of video on it. It just looks really cool. Yeah, they, it's, one of those, it's one of those things I'll probably never get because you know my still camera can take video, and hopefully the I phone will eventually but yeah it seems like a really really easy to use camera and it, it doesn't look like it's bad quality especially if you're just going to be uploading it to you know blip or, or youtube or rever or something like that can i tell you what why i would not buy one sure because and i do a lot of this i, I do a lot of video 
of myself, like kind of walking around and stuff where I'm taking video of myself for like mm-hmm. video blogging and stuff like that. Oh, you can't see the screen. You can't see the screen. You don't know. You don't know what's in frame. Yeah. My, the, the one thing I do like about it though is, is it is so cheap that if something happened to it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't break my heart whether, you know, if I spent three or 400 bucks on, you know, a hard drive based recorder or a, a mini DV recorder, you know? Yeah. I use my little uh, Canon, is it Canon Cybershot or whatever, and I've got a two gig card in there, and I can read, uh, record up to forty three minutes of just standard video, and for for web and blip TV, it's perfect. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I yeah I've my Cat wife says and I, it's a Sony Cybershot. I do apologize. Uh, Thank you. My my wife and I have thought about making a a video uh, podcast, a comedy video podcast, but you know, I can't talk about it right here. No problem. Well, I just want to say, I want to say blip.tv has some awesome hosting over there for video. They have a great player and you can upload your, your quick time movies and you can podcast out directly from them. And Oh really? I'll have to check that out. Your quick time is downloadable by, by podcast form, but they also convert it automatically to their flash format. Nice. It's it's blip.tv, B-L-I-P.tv. I I have another question for you on this iMovie before we move on to anything else. What's Um, up? So I, like I said, I, I, I have, okay, you have in iMovie 08, you have video, you have your event library, and then you have your project library. Mm -hmm. So, and of course your event library is all that quote unquote raw footage before you've edited anything. And then your event or your project library is all that stuff you've been kind of putting all the transitions and pulling things and cutting and pasting and all those other things. So now I have all these quote unquote things in my, all these events in my event library, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get rid of them. But obviously 80 gigs of that is that. What can I can I if I was to have an uh, a 500 gig external hard drive, are those f- events saved as a quote unquote file that I can just drag off of my drive? You know what I do, I honestly can't give you a good answer. All right. I, I don't I don't I, I haven't played with iMovie enough to to really know the file structure of it. Uh huh. Um, I th- wants, let me look at, let me look in my iMovie because I know I've got some iMovie stuff in here. I well, I, I tell you what, I think that they, there no, is a file because, but I would love to, I would love it if one of our listeners out there would call in and leave some voice feedback and explain how that works and if that's possible and where it's located. Cause I, we have a lot of listeners who, who are very good with Macs and, uh, are using iMovie 08. So if you guys wouldn't mind, call area code 859-795-795. 4067 again that's area code 859-795-4067 and let us know if you can take those events if those events are stored in the directory structure somewhere as just one encapsulated file that I can drag off and the question is of course then let's say later down the road I've I've pulled all those events out of the event folder on my drive if I needed to go back and start uh you know, do all of a sudden recut a new project using some of that footage. Can I then just drag it back into that folder? So those are my questions. If you guys could respond, that would be awesome. So please help me. I've got a Mac. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, we have some other things. Uh, I just, I had, uh, you know, somebody was in our forum and it, what it was related to just, they were complaining about iTunes, uh, having, didn't have the most recent, episode of a tv show online i think it was lost and uh it was i guess maybe they were running a day or two behind and uh, a lot of people were giving itunes a hard time and i i kind of got in there and said you know what i and and i'm not an apple fanboy but i will say that of all the all of the out of all the software that's out there that kind of you know tries to do things to manage things well such as you know how iphoto tries to manage your photos right Right. Everybody knows that I think that iPhoto stinks. I hate it because I just it just, <laughs> it doesn't do the things that I the way I would like them to do it. Yeah. And so when it comes to my music, you know, my music library, um, you know, it, it was kind of weird, but I like how iTunes handles my music and yeah. how, how it, 
you know how easy it is to go to the the, the music store or the iTunes store and to to browse for music, to browse for TV shows, to browse for podcasts, to browse for and how it kind of will do t- downloads and manages my TV shows, my movies. I mean, can I just say that I think iTunes is is next to perfect as far as an application. There are certainly some things that they can improve upon, and mm-hmm. and I will say as an application, I love it as an application and its and its ability to integrate with the iPod flawlessly is wonderful. I, the yeah. o- the only thing I don't like is, and I don't think it's an application standpoint as much as it as it is the the overall governing structure of iTunes and their music store. I do not like how they do the rankings. Or anything like that in iTunes, uh, f- as far as podcasting is concerned. Yeah, you know their featured is completely obscure. Uh, their rankings are, you know, it's not quite clear how they determine how a podcast ranks, but it's obviously not the most number of subscribers. And there's really no voting mechanism. You know, you don't quote unquote go vote. It's just, it's really awkward. So those those are the real beefs I have. But I love iTunes. I think it's wonderful. And all of a sudden, it just it just occurred to me with all the social media, the web 2.0 and everything out there, how long do you think it will be? Or what do you think it would be like if iTunes started to add the social media aspects to the to the to the software? I tell you what it would be like. It would be like uh, last uh, FM or it would also uh, the Zoom Zoom software uh, Zoom, you know, the Zoom marketplace I've, I, thing? I've trashed Zoom a lot, but the Zoom does have a, a lot of that social aspect in it. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've never really, it's a lot like Xbox Live where you get your Zoom card, you know, you can join the Zoom social. And um, it's a lot like Last.fm and iTunes combined. It, I've never used it. I, I don't know how good it is, but that's what it would be like. And I, I don't know if iTunes is going to go that way. I think iTunes would have to radically change. Because right now iTunes is like an Excel spreadsheet for your music, yeah, which is fine. You know, it, I don't know if I'd want it to be any more than that. Well, okay, maybe not iTunes itself, but the music store. Yeah, that'd be fair enough. You know, the 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 store itself. I would love to be able to see. I would love to be able to have friends in iTunes. You know, I would love to be able to be yeah. to be it's, your friend, and and if you allow me to, and and of course, I want to be able to. I do want complete control over sharing what my friends do and don't see. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, I, I don't want I don't want by default anybody that's a friend of mine to be. I don't want them to all of a sudden see every movie I rent, every movie I purchase, every song I listen to. I, but I want to be able to choose what I share. And maybe even have, you know, okay, these are friends, this, you know, these are just, you know, acquaintances or whatever. You can just, but anyway, what I would love to be able to do, and and this is what I would love to see, all of a sudden having a a ranking of podcasts based upon the popularity of people talking about them or not, or not just talking, talking about them, I'm sorry, but by listening to them. So for example, Mm -hmm. let's just say it's like, okay, well, you know, it says, Oh, Chris, Chris biting just subscribed to the, the help. I got a Mac podcast and that's great. And that would show up in your, if you're familiar with Facebook in your newsfeed, you know, or I would be notified that my friend Chris Biting just subscribed to this. And that would be kind of cool to see because then you might subscribe to another podcast that you would have never really told me about. But and you because you maybe you didn't think that I was interested in that topic whatsoever. But I see you subscribe to it. It's like, oh, I love that. And then all of a sudden I would subscribe to it and listen. And I would say, Chris, I can't thank you so much for subscribing to that. I saw it. And then all of a sudden we find out we have something else in common. That kind of interaction. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, and there are so many applications, even chat applications out there that will take your iTunes music player and whatever you're listening to in iTunes, it will update your status and tell you. Yeah. And then if iTunes could say, hey, Chris is listening to this. Chris is listening to this podcast. Chris is listening to this podcast. And then all of a sudden, now they could track the the popularity of podcasts by the number of people who are listening to the episodes not necessarily who subscribe and never do anything not necessarily by the number of people download but they're they're doing it by the number of listens and wouldn't that be cool 
it would be cool. Um, like I said, uh, Last FM does do a lot, a lot of this kind of stuff, and it, and it has a little program you can download on it called the Scrubber. I think is what it's called, and it kind of monitors what you're listening to, and you can comment. But it's mainly just for music. It looks like Colin's got a, uh, yeah, a comment. On yeah, this. let's bring Colin in. Colin, what are you thinking? Yeah, there's also um, I like dot com. It uh, it'll let you know what your friends are listening to, um, but it also attaches to your iTunes, and you can actually manage uh, what your friends see and what they don't see, is and let you know what you have in common with your friends. Very cool. It I know that there are services out there that are like this, but but here's the here's the situation. iTunes is dominant. I mean, everybody almost has iTunes. And so what I'm saying is that if this all of a sudden became something that was a part of the music store and everybody who has an iTunes account all of a sudden gets an email that says, hey, you know, by default, this isn't turned on. But if you'd like to join the iTunes, you know, the, the iTunes social, if you will, I don't care what you call it, how you market it. But if you make this available and all of a sudden every person in iTunes doesn't, they don't have to go download additional software you know it, it's just something that's built into the music store and next time you go into the music store you can see you know by default on the main page it's like hey here's your friends here's what your friends are doing and in, in, in the itunes music store world i just think it would be cool fair enough but <laughs> but anyway thank thank you colin um anyway th- th- i was just dreaming i don't that re- that really just came out of nowhere and uh and then, of course, uh, we were talking about maybe a possible new segment for our show, and uh, we'll we'll throw it out there to our audience, see if it pick you know if it, if it kicks in at all. But let's call we'll call this the I I wish list. Here's what I want. Go ahead. Are you ready? Yep. This is one, and everybody's going to agree with me. I want to take my iPhone. I want to click on iTunes, and I want to download video podcasts and audio podcasts via Wi-Fi. Via Wi-Fi. Yes. Why, why can't I do that? I have no idea. I can understand why it's not available on Edge, but I want to be able to do it on Wi-Fi. I agree. I agree. I agree. So so this is the new segment. It's called the I Wish List. And that's the <laughs> little I, capital W, I-S-H list. So if you have, a, if you have something you'd like to add, on, here, here's another example. Here is another example of the I Wish List. I wish that on my iPhone that when I go into airplane mode, there's an option to, uh, by default, stay in airplane mode until I turn it off of airplane mode or to turn it on airplane mode for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. Yeah, that'd be cool. My, my only fear is, is it would accidentally, you know, you, you set it that way accidentally and you're in the air and all of a sudden it turns on. No, like I say, I would say by default. Absolutely. This is just wish list, okay? Not that, not that way, but by default, it's here. But if you want specifically, I mean, downright, I mean, give me three different clicks. I have to choose them. It's like, are you really sure you want thermal no- nuclear war or whatever that thing is from? What did you do? You, did you ever watch that movie, War Games? War Games? Oh yeah. Absolutely. What's that called? Thermonuclear war? Yeah. Was that all it was? I thought it was something else in there too. Are you sure? So. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes. Do you, are Are you really sure? Yes. By golly, give me sixty. Give me sixty minutes. And because I, for me, I am all the time coming into the studio or doing something where I don't want that interference getting into a recording. Yeah. But I forget. It's like, especially when I get up, first thing I do in the morning is I record a podcast. And the next thing I know it's three o'clock in the afternoon before I even look up and, and I, my, oh man, my phone's in airplane mode and I, I put it on and you know, first of all, I get you know, 80 text messages from Twitter and, and then all of a sudden four voicemails from clients. I'm like, oh no, please no. So anyway, that's see. So this is the example of the I wish list. Now, here's what's cool about the I wish list segment of the help. I got a Mac podcast is there are going to be some of the things that we wish for that there may be workarounds for or uh, programs in existence. So um, go ahead and call in at area code eight, five, nine, 
795-4067 and tell us what's on your I wish list and yep. maybe somebody else will say, hey, that's available. Here's how you do it. And I think that would be a cool segment on our show. Absolutely. Very cool. So we do have a voicemail that came in from none other than Brad from Alaska. He's, I think he's got a direct line right into our show. He does. <laughs> Here we go. Let's see what Brad has to say this week. Hi, Chris. Hi, Cliff. It's Alaska Brad calling in. I got a quick question for you guys. Uh, being iPhone owners, uh, I'm looking forward to purchasing my first here probably around June when either it'll be announced or the 3G will be released. Anyways, uh, I'm listening to your most recent show, and you guys are uh, talking about bookmarks. Now, does Safari bookmarks follow you to your iPhone, or do I have to like reload my bookmarks onto that? And uh, speaking of uh, bookmarks and extensions and stuff like that, Cliff, I was, I was just uh, wondering, you, you said you didn't like Safari because of the uh, load bar on the uh, browser, but then you have a file loader on there. I was just wondering what the difference was between knowing you know, how fast a page is loading versus a download. Uh, I don't know, just inquiring minds want to know, I guess. Anyways, have a good day, guys. Thanks. Bye. All right. I'm going to let Chris answer the question about the Safari bookmarking. But just so you know, uh, the, the file loader, I do want the status to know how long it is before the, you know, the 35 megabyte file I'm downloading is. But I don't want the status to show up in the address bar every time I'm loading a web page uh, in the background. It's just an aesthetic thing for me. And, and, and in fact, um, by default, Firefox has um, it, a little pop-up window that does the, um, the, uh, the download status. And so I use uh, some kind of download status bar, uh, which actually takes away the whole pop-up window and it puts it down in the little bottom status screen at the very bottom of your browser. So in essence, it is actually hiding away the, the download progress and it's not popping up in a window. And so, I mean, it's still another aesthetic thing, but I do still want to be able to click down there and see what's on. And that's why I like it's it's a plugin called Download Status Bar. And it's a wonderful plugin for Firefox available both on Mac and the PC. So um, Safari, if there was one reason, if I if there was one reason to use Safari, if you have an iPhone, it would be this. Right, Chris? Yep. And this answer is yes. (laughs) Yeah, if you have bookmarks in Safari, there is an option in iTunes when you hook up the camera to sync your bookmarks. Yep. yep. And that's, that's it. That's it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> answer to your question. All right, we do, we're going to go ahead and answer one other question. And then we have uh, our two questions. And then we're going to wrap things up here. Darcy in Kentucky, he's, a, a, he's got a brand new beekeeper podcast. And I think he's in the chat room. So if he, if he puts in his web URL into the chat room, we will uh, shout out to his podcast URL. Anyway, uh, he says, I know this isn't a Mac question specifically, but I do have a question about an Apple product, the Apple TV. I purchased one about three months ago and I love it. However, I do have one issue that I've not been able to find an answer to. If I go to the iTunes store on my computer, I see movies that I can rent there, but when I look for the same movie on Apple TV, I don't see them available for rent. Uh, I have updated all the firmware and all of the regional settings are the same. For example, United States store, uh, but I still can't figure it out. Example, Ghosts of the Abyss. It's a movie on iTunes, not available on Apple TV. So first off, my question is, I wonder if this happens to all movies or is it just these movies that I've never heard of before? (sighs) That's a good question. Um... What was the name of the movie? It's Ghosts of the Abyss. You know, I'm going to check my Apple TV real quick here. All right. Let me grab my TV. Let me turn on my Apple TV since I'm in my man cave here. There you go. And while he's doing that, I'm going to let you know that Darcy can be found over at nkybeekeeper.com. Dot com. That is Northern Kentucky Beekeeper. So nkybeekeeper.com and uh, check out his podcast and uh, help. Hey, Cliff, what was help. the name of that movie? It is Ghosts of the Abyss. 
Ghost of the Abyss. Yep, it's in my Apple TV. Okay, and so Darcy, have you checked recently to see if it's there? And if not, I would. No, it's not. It's not available to rent. It's only available to buy. Oh, okay, okay. So weird. Yeah, that. And but it's is it available to rent on your iTunes? That is a good question. Okay, he is saying that it is there now. Okay, Uh, he says, but I can only buy it. Um, Yeah, yeah. But the question though is, is it available for rent on? Is it available for rent on iTunes? So that's my checking question. right now. It goes to the abyss. It is not available to rent okay. on iTunes. Okay. Just purchase. So, and and I'm looking at the chat room as we're doing this. He says it 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 is there now. So perhaps there's a lag in between. Maybe Could be. maybe yeah. they have you know two different places that they have to put that. Maybe for maybe they're using a different. Maybe they have to update a different menuing system or database Could for be, the yeah. for the I, Apple TV. And my suggestion would have been just. You know, something funky could have happened during his install. You can just do a restore back on the Apple TV. Now, if you're like me and bought an Apple TV before the Take Two Apple TV came out, uh, it does um, go down a notch back to 1.1 or whatever. So you have to re upgrade again. Right. Um, and it looks like he's asking uh, how often does the Apple TV sync? It depends. If it's syncing between your computer and the Apple TV, it's any, excuse me, it's any time you, you log into iTunes. Um, as far as on like the iTunes rental store, it's it's live. It's in real time when you access you know the store. You're accessing it, you know, right then and there. Gotcha. All right, we'll do one more question, and then um, we have some. I have had some wonderful content that I pulled out of our forum over at gspn.tv/forum, and uh, a lot of wonderful conversations going there. But we're going to save all of the forum highlights for next week because we had so much content this week just to talk. We have uh, a ton, man. That's what happens when we don't do a show for a week. We end up having like one of these Uber shows. Exactly. So here's what Andrew from Hong Kong wrote in. Uh, he says, hey, this is Andrew from Hong Kong. I have been a longtime listener to your Lost podcast and recently started listening to Help, I Got a Mac. Uh, great job in both shows, by the way. Here is a question for you and Chris. I have a question on syncing my, I guess, a Windows Media 5 uh, smartphone with Mac. I read about Missing Sync and Pocket PC, but both seem to be flaky. I actually currently use Mail to Web with my Entourage 2004 and ActiveSync on my Windows Media 5 to <laughs> mail to web and it's working fine but for my contact slash calendar sync except for my note slash ta- task sync oh wow anyway regards Andrew so <laughs> I totally butchered his his question but you got any que- you got any answers for him there or do you have any clue what he's uh, asking um, I guess he wants to know if he can sync uh, his smartphone with his Mac. And unfortunately, for a Windows Media or a, you know Windows Mobile phone, Missing Sync and Pocket PC are pretty much your only choices. Uh, the only other option is if you use if you use like Gmail and the Google Calendars and things like that, you can use uh, you know able to use Spanning Sync. Kind of. I, unfortunately, this is one of those things that. There's not a huge market for people, especially now with the iPhone, not a huge market for people that want to use um, their Windows smartphones on their Macs. Um, I would just keep trying. Uh, out, of, out of Missing Sync and Pocket PC, uh, the Missing Sync is my favorite. Um, I've used the Pocket PC one, and it, it had, or Pocket Mac, I think is what it's called, and it hasn't been the greatest. Uh, they've really been focusing more on the BlackBerry side since BlackBerry has paid them to make... Uh, the pocket Mac for for BlackBerry. So uh, I would go with Missing Sync. Unfortunately, that's pretty much your only your only you know choice at this time. Alrighty. Well, Andrew in Hong Kong, thank you so much for uh, writing in, and it's awesome that we have listeners all around the world. And you guys can send your questions. Uh, we prefer voicemail if at all possible. The phone number once again is area code eight five nine seven nine five. Four zero six seven. Again, that's area code eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. 
And of course, you can email us. Just go ahead and send the email to feedback at gspn.tv. If it's regarding the Help I Got a Mac podcast, I automatically just forward a copy right on over to Chris so that he'll have a time to look at that before our next show. Oh, yeah. And uh, we haven't mentioned this in a while, but we record this show every Monday night live in front of an Internet audience. In fact, we have an Internet audience right in front of us at this very moment in time. And we can we you can actually dial in and participate just like you heard Colin do earlier. And we had Greg from SQPN. And uh, you can call in. All you have to do if you want to find out when our shows are, uh, well, we're every Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. But if you want to find a list of all of our shows that I produce, you can find that at gspn.tv slash schedule. Again, that's gspn.tv slash schedule. And there's a link there at that page that will give you a link to how you can uh, to where you can uh, join us live and how to do all that stuff. So and it's powered by TalkShoe, and we want to thank TalkShoe for providing the bandwidth and all that good stuff. Yes, and the ability to interact live with our audience. So with that, thank you everybody for joining us. We're out of here till next Monday at 7 p.m. Chris, you yes. have a wonderful week, my friend. Cliff, you too, my brother. All right, we'll talk to y'all soon. See ya. Bye.